Tonight's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Rigor Podcast Network is brought to you as always by ZipRecruiter. Having a high sports IQ is very important. Nobody has a higher sports IQ than Kyrie Irving. I mean, he just tells everybody what they're doing wrong. He's just got the highest sports IQ of all of them. When it comes to hiring, you don't need a high hiring IQ. You just need ZipRecruiter. Their powerful technology scans thousands of resumes to find the right people with the right experience for your job. So effective. 80% of employers that post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. My listeners can try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We're also brought to you by Yahoo Fantasy Baseball. Spring training is here. Spring training is here, house. I like spring training. We don't know where Manny Machado will be playing. Oh, wait, we do. He's going to be in San Diego playing in front of uh, like 22,000 people. We don't know where Bryce Harper will be playing yet. Maybe that'll happen this week. That shouldn't stop you from building a fantasy team around either of them. Yahoo Fantasy app, number one mobile app in fantasy baseball, the official fantasy game of the MLB. Check out the Yahoo Pro Leagues, public leagues where you play for cash. Yahoo handles all the money. No commissioner. Buy in for as little as 20 bucks or as much as 1000 Build your team around Pantheon-level superstars or stash prospects for the next 10 seasons. Hey, give it a whirl. Download the Yahoo Fantasy app or sign up right now at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball. Let's talk about the ringer.com for a second, the world's greatest website. All of our Oscars coverage is on the site right now. We also had the big picture, which went live. It was a post-game show right after the Oscars. Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins breaking down Green Book, semi-surprising, but not that surprising win, as well as Glenn Close losing. We'll be talking about that in a second on this and a whole bunch more that is also running on the Big Picture feed. And then we also had The Flat Circle. That's our True Detective show, which if you missed it live on YouTube last night, it is on the Recapables feed today. I also, if you listen to Channel 33, I went on the Tea Time podcast on Friday to talk about parenting with the Tea Time crew. Um, I, I needed some advice, so they helped me out on that one. Check out all of our podcasts. Check out Winging It, JJ Reddick, Ringer NBA Show, all that stuff's heating up. One Shining Podcast, March Madness coming. Titus is in LA and uh, it's all going good. Uh, Joe House is here. He's in studio. Cousin Sal is going to be on the line for the first 25 minutes. And we're going to talk about the Oscars. We're going to talk about basketball. We're going to talk about subjects I don't want to talk about. All that's coming up. But first, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, it is Sunday night here in Los Angeles, California. Joe House is in town, in the guest house right now. I came in for the Oscars. <laughs> You're not wearing a tux, though. I'd like to thank Katsuya. Okay. I'd like to thank the lobster, <laughs> the dynamite lobster. Like, two months ago, we had Drunk House. Now we have I Ate Too Much Sushi House. Also on the line, uh, briefly at the top of this podcast, the man who yet again, he did it one more time. <laughs> he did the impossible. He looked at... He looked at odds that seemed insurmountable, and he said, you know what? These are surmountable. I'm betting <sighs> on this. The man who ruined Glenn Close's Oscar, Cousin Sal. How are you? <laughs> Close, but no cigar again. <laughs> I can't believe I keep losing money. When am I going to learn my lesson with this nonsense? You, I lost with Get I lost when I won. I won with, with Moonlight, and, and, and I, I, it still didn't teach me a lesson. Wait, did you... Did you, you won with Moonlight that year? I won. I, I, sure. They called Moonlight as the winner. And oh, I yeah, won yeah. and I still lost money. 
because oh, they yeah. changed it. Yes, yeah. So yeah, I'm a loser. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> result. This time around, you texted me. Anytime you text me a multi Oscar parlay, I just fear for everyone's safety. What was the one this time? You you were like, I'm working on this. It's got this. It's got Roma, and it just seemed destined for disaster. All right. I got it down to minus one sixty, so that's yeah. one sixty to win a hundred. But you can imagine, I did it for many hundreds, and I'll tell you why in a second. House will appreciate it, but uh, I had I had what did I have? Okay, so I had uh, Alfonso Cuarón for best director. Right? Nice, good, that, right? good winner. Okay, good. I had. Dustin Johnson, when he was like three strokes up and minus 1,200. House, oh, yeah. So that was nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was say, Tip of the hat. I didn't know if he was a cinematographer or something. Yeah, yeah, I didn't no. realize he was the golfer, <laughs> Dustin Johnson. Okay. <laughs> he had, uh, what else did I have? I had uh, Vice for best makeup, hair and makeup. I had Spider-Man for best animated. I had, um, uh, what, what am I missing? What was some of the big, and then the big ones? Um, oh, Mahershal. Uh, Mahershal Ali. Ali. I said, did a Francesca for a second. And Glenn freaking close. Now, the thing I was worried about all night was the, the best director. Yeah. There was some screwy things happen. That opened that uh, Quaron was minus 5,000. And then the director of the favorite, so something leaked out somewhere like in like Maryland or some college. Someone said their parents were on the committee, the Oscar committee. And that uh, the favorite, the director for the favorite, shot all the way up to like plus two hundred. The 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 uh, Alfonso Cuarón was minus four hundred. So I was like, all right, this is a screw job I haven't dealt with before. This is what's going to happen. But that actually did win, and Glenn Close lost. Unbelievable. So there's a lot of drama today, House. Yeah. Your go, somebody, the director of the favorite. I can't pronounce his last name. Mm -hmm. He was plus forty five hundred heading into this weekend. Oh my. And then on the online sites, the the, uh, the number started dropping and it started dropping and it started dropping and it started free following. And then who, didn't people start to take it off the board? Sal? So this was the first year you could legitimately bet this at, a, the, you know, at, at, a, at a, so FanDuel is tied to that, um, that Jersey casino that yeah. you could, the sports book that you could make bets in legitimately. And they took it off the board. Yeah. They, and, and some others. Yeah. So that's free falling. So Sal thinks he's going to lose the, the director bet. Right. But he wins it. Now all that's left is Glenn Close, slam dunk. This is going to happen. <laughs> she's ready. She's the Susan Lucci of the Oscars. She's lost yeah. like five or six times. This is going to be her moment. Standing ovation. Sal, tears running down his face. And then the lady from the favorite wins. And she was more surprised than anybody. She did. Yeah, she actually well, fell she backwards. She didn't win all the precursor effing awards. I'd almost guarantee you a win in these things. Oh, I, I give up. I can't. What, what did she do? Did you like her in the favorite? She said, I'm a queen and I'm going to disrobe and everyone's going to tend to my name. What, what, what was that? Who cares about that? Every, everyone, everyone on the ringer who's pretentious said that they love that movie. Come on. Give I, it up. What well, was that? I, I count myself as one of the pretentious ringer people. Oh, I really like that movie. But what's funny is I thought she was the third best actress in it. Who was I, second? Or I like that Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. Oh, in that movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really honestly thought she was the third best. I thought she was a little over the top. And I couldn't figure out who was, who was potentially going to beat Glenn Close, which is mm -hmm. why ultimately I stayed away. But I just don't think a lot of people saw The Wife. This was Fantasy's big case for it. Fantasy was not, saying not all, people all saw month, it. yeah, like who who saw the wife? Well, did, who who saw the the favorite? Yeah, when does the that spell with the U? By it? the way, no one sees any of these movies. Well, the, so, favorite with the U. Oh, congratulations! The one that really nobody saw was the Willem Dafoe one. I didn't even get a screener for that one. Right, that one I didn't. Yeah, see. Yeah, that one like happened in a vacuum somewhere. But at the mm -hmm. 
people, more people saw the favorite than the wife. And then <sighs> the wife is good, but it really did feel like the career achievement Oscar. So it was fine. It was going her way. And then Sal bet on her. And, and <laughs> she, she won lost all again. the BAFTA and all the other crap, the, all the awards that matter. I, I don't understand what goes on here. Like what, why every, everything has to change. I, I am glad though that Quaron won and it didn't change, you know, nothing leaked out. Like I do feel like there's a little bit of legitimacy to these freaking award right. shows, but maybe not. Well, <laughs> I won on best picture. Yes. How about that? I, I was going to tweet about this today and I, and I decided to just save it for the podcast. I texted you yesterday. Mm hmm. House, I, I, did I show you that text? No. I texted Sal yesterday and I said, I've decided Green Book is going to win the Oscar for two reasons. One is that old white people love this movie. They oh. just really do. They just love this movie. And the Academy, last time I checked, there was a lot of old white people. Mm -hmm. And then there's a little anti-Netflix sentiment, right. like from the, especially the old school Hollywood. Like, who do you think you are, Netflix? You're just going to buy your way into the Oscars. So it was plus 350, which I just thought was too high. Mm -hmm. Roma had subtitles. You know, well, old, it was it was lined up it won the foreign. Yeah. It won the foreign, but it's like old people, the old academy members watching these screeners with subtitles where you have to Wait pay minute, attention Roma for had two hours. subtitles? <laughs> no wonder I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Uh it just and every all, everybody over sixty just loved Green Book. And the moment that I decided I was going to bet on it was when Francesca was on his show, <laughs> and he did that. First, it took him ten ten minutes to pronounce Mahershala Ali, and then he did the whole Green Book. That's not only the best movie I've seen this year, but the last couple of years. It's the best movie the last couple of years for me. And I was like, Green Book's going to win the Oscar because there's a thousand Mike Francesas in the Academy, <laughs> and there it was plus three fifty. So I actually won one. So. That was good. I'm proud of you. Thank you, you. Did it. I will say, were you a little nervous when the director of Roma won? Because a lot of times those go hand in hand. No, it's it's it seemed like the Oscars was getting a little wonky. I actually felt pretty good for Green Book because okay. Green Book won one earlier in the thing. And what's funny is they it's Green Book's taken so much shit as kind of the crash for this decade that you could almost see Peter Far Farrelly's face, the director, like he was almost seemed semi not ashamed, but just like ah, I know I'm going to take shit tomorrow. Mm. I'm just going to try to enjoy this now and hold the award. And then tomorrow I'm going to get rigged through the coals. Was well, the I'm glad you won. I'm glad someone won. But I will say, and this gives me a nice opportunity to do an impression of you. A few months ago, before all the other awards, Golden Globe. Yeah, I said, deserve this. We have to jump on A Star is Born. Yep. It's plus 150 now. It's going to be minus 400. Yeah, I and did. Then something happened. It didn't win anything. And it went to like 12 to 1 for best pick. In my right? defense, I, I never actually put it in any of Star is Born. That's bets. true. That's true. There did I wish I had a defense. I just fucking, I suck at this. There's, there was about a two-week stretch there where Star is Born could have won like four of the top five. And mm -hmm. I think what happened was they didn't lobby for it. You got to really suck up to these people. Right. Cooper was like his, their their PR campaign for it last October, November. I just, it just didn't, he didn't play the game. Right. Even yeah. like when they went in Vegas two weeks ago and he went on stage and sang with Gaga, like you got to do shit like that in December. You got to do that. And he like loves that. Vegas. He did a whole movie, two movies about Vegas. Yeah. Two movies. I don't know. Uh, at least two. did you watch with your wife tonight? Uh, she's out tonight, but I, so I was checking in, I was playing with the kids and watching, but I think this is the first time in like nine years I've been home for it. I went the last two years, Jimmy hosted and the last seven before that we hosted a, after after the Oscars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel Live. So. Well, Jimmy's the last Oscars host ever because it actually worked with no host. We're never going to really have it again. Do you think so? I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of comedy. I missed the hundred jokes that were live. But here's the problem. Nobody can be funny anymore. 
Yeah. You, what kind of comedy are you going to do? You, you can't cross any lines, so you're just kind of doing one-liners. Like, what's game? I guess. You're going to make I, fun I, of I Lady Gaga? It's going to be for, falsely reported that without a host, that's why it went so fast. But they cut they cut four awards and two songs and stuff like that. That's what made it fast. I Did think. it go I fast? Know. It was like three hours, 20 minutes. Like House was five plates of sushi in. It was <laughs> almost over. Well, I got there halfway through. That was exactly the right dose. It should be exactly <laughs> half of whatever it was. I got five yeah. plates of sushi. It was an hour and 20 minutes of a <laughs> right. pr- program. I'm holding up two winners. I mean, I have two. This two. is going to, we should have put odds on calories and, and what day of the week house expires. He out, he's out for a full week, right? Yeah. He's yeah. out for a full week. It's going to be oh a problem. Yeah. The Oscars was three hours, 15 minutes. I, I think some award shows need hosts. And I thought Jimmy was my favorite version of whatever the modern host is. And I'm still mm-hmm. not sure you need a host. It was just all like right. you have all these celebrities that can just go up and if the host is like going to get in trouble because he's making fun of whatever and that becomes a storyline after. I don't know what the I upside guess. is. I mean, it's just impossible to finger what, who this show is for, right? That's like, that's it, my point. It's, yeah. it's like if you're trying to have the best possible show, yeah, you need a host, but I'm not yeah. sure they want the best possible show. I think they just want it to move along, hand out some Oscars, have some performances and you go home. Speaking- Listen, you guys could have talked me out of Glenn Close, but I only doubled up on that stupid Oscar parlay because I lost so much on the MFing Golden State Warriors who couldn't beat the Rockets without James Harden. Explain that quickly to me, why this keeps happening. Nah, I don't know, Sal. You might Have you thought about not gambling anymore? <laughs> <laughs> well, the great thing is now Harden's still going to win MVP. Like, shouldn't he just by... Just shouldn't that be the league's policy? If you can go to Golden State and win without a player, that player cannot be named MVP. Yeah, they, it, it should hurt his case a little bit. We we blew it today with the Oscars. One of my favorite traditions every year is trying to figure out who's going to get the hammer in the in memoriam montage. Yeah, they screw with. And it we should have. I should have come on. You're against all odds this week, and we should have figured mm-hmm. out. We should have had a whole list of everybody who died. And as they went through the montage, and they showed Burt Reynolds pretty early. Yeah. And it was like, wow. So I guess it's not going to be Burt Reynolds. This is going to be somebody big. Then they dropped the Neil Simon a little bit later. It's like, oh man, Neil Simon, man, they're really, they're really holding somebody awesome for this. Mm-hmm. And then it's going and going. And at some point I start having real hope it's going to be William Goldman, my friend who won the two Oscars, the great screenwriter. I'm like, yeah. wow, they might really, this might be the time the writer gets it. Nope. He gets, he gets thrown up there he was inside the like the last two he, he made it to like the yeah he made it to like the last minute it he was really it. exciting i was really rooting for it like it was like uh and game penny seven marshall got like three clips yep. so yeah penny Mar- yeah she got she was in there it could end with her too for a second bertolucci yeah. was in there and they're just mm-hmm. running through names and at some point i'm like wow somebody major must have died and then it was the last one it was albert finney yeah. Didn't see that one coming. I would have I would have had him like plus 400 so. I don't think they because of conversations like this, I think people end up feeling bad about oh, who's the best. You know, it's it goes along with save your applause to the end. We don't right. want to, you know, make this a a competition kind of thing. So. Yeah, but it's got to be Burt Reynolds, right? Yeah, yeah, they're announcing winners all night. Might as well announce the dead winner of the night, right? Well, I, I, Sal, I, sp- speaking of save your applause uh to the end and uh-huh. and the dead winner. Have you and uh, have you had a chance to talk to Simmons about Robert Kraft yet? Oh no, <laughs> no, no, no! Oh no! I thought we were going to save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could do it now, in the middle, and at the end. 
I oh, think there man. Is, there's a beginning, gonna, there's a middle, and there's an end to these things, Bill. I, this could have been, House, a great moment where we could have made fun of Simmons because he went and saw a prostitute if it was just a prostitute. But now this becomes a much bigger story because we don't know the background of this. Yeah. And now it becomes ugly again, so we can't make fun of it. I know. So Simmons is off the hook again, I feel. Yeah, there's a whole sex trafficking oh, it's, it's thing a, that's really, really it, ugly. It's a bad story. I... Yeah. uh this is a man who seems like he's been going off the rails a little bit for a few years now. Mm. And just the behavior has been really erratic. And the, the, you read a story like this. It's not like it's shocking. It was like, Oh my God, Bob Kraft. What? Like this is somebody who's been out all the time. He's got his girlfriends who are like 40, 45 years younger than him. I, I think, I think his wife's death, if I can defend Mr. Kraft, who brought me six Super Bowls for one second, I do think his wife's death really screwed him up, and I and I I don't think he has been the same since from a behavior standpoint. Well, so, there I, you go. I'll if if we're defending him, the only observation it's I'll a make, weak defense, but I I just think he's acting like somebody who lost his wife and has never been the same and has just acted really erratically ever since. I uh, I think he's going to have to step down though. Really? I don't think he sells the team, but I, I think it's the right time to pass the team to his son, which I think is something that probably should have been happening anyway. Well, let's make sure his son's not on the list. I call, yeah, that's right. I called my dad like two days ago at one o'clock Pacific time, and he was sound asleep on the couch watching something. And he's like seven years younger than Bob Kraft. It's, at some point, it's time. You know, it's it's time to maybe the day to day operations. I'll tell you when I thought that maybe he was losing his fastball a little bit with the whole deflate gate thing when he just like folded and we lost our number one pick. I'm still trying to figure out how that happened. You know, like the old craft would have wheeler and dealered it and fought it and he just kind of rolled over on it. And that was when I was like, man. What's going on? But you're basing this on bad decisions outside of football. You can't, you, if this didn't happen with the with the massage parlor, you wouldn't say, all right, this guy's out of his mind. You just want a Super Bowl. I, right? I, like, I did a podcast on Wednesday when Mallory and Clark and I talked about him for a minute, how it looked like he was going, I, I think I used the words, he's been going off the rails. Like he was at NBA All-Star Weekend wearing a huge diamond pendant that said champions on it and dressed like he was like 40 years old. The guy's in almost 80. Hey, he's celebrating. He's celebrating. I, just, yeah, I mean, don't you need a 3-13 and 13 year before you have to kick him out? I mean, if this hadn't happened, I don't know. Well, now, I, th now I think it's time for him to maybe maybe, uh, maybe hand, the, hand the reins over to somebody else, very capable son. Somebody else needs to step in and do their job. That's right. Um, the whole... The whole thing with the with the investigation and all this, and they teased that there was going to be more names, and then Sal, there were odds all of a sudden on names. There are, there Where? were. Yeah, well, I, I started looking at uh, who had houses there within like three miles. There's yeah. a lot of your golfers there. I know you, you should be worried. It's a big golf bring, community. There was one name I, I've I've asked of numerous sources about one prominent name, and everybody swears and declares that this gentleman is not on the list, so fingers crossed. Well, are you saying Tiger? Because he does own a house around. Yeah, he's, he's one he's of the famous the Jupiter wrestlers. He is in the neighborhood. I think that uh, the Johnny Bench, Olivia Newton-John, also on the list, and it goes on and on. <laughs> Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> you never know. I think the crazy thing with Kraft is that he's in a limo getting dropped off at like a, a $59 rub and tug place. Like, what is going on? It's just, it's just he, really he needs, bizarre behavior. Why? You need to ride. Well, else yeah, would you, you expect walk, him to get there? You, you're, you're out of it's breath. Like, you want him to ride a bike? He's a multi-billionaire. 
right. right. How else would you like him to get to where he needs to get to? <laughs> in a helicopter to land on, the, to shoot him in through the top. It's not great. It. Uh, so we've had this. We've had, we've had some things happen, but we also have won six Super Bowls, and I think most people would take the six Super Bowls. Well, let's just say, I mean, it's a it's a dynasty with a happy ending. Let's be honest. <laughs> Come on. Why do people enjoy this so much with the Pats? People really hate the Pats more than anything. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I think people hate Glenn Close more than the Pats, but uh, just the Academy. It's just the Academy that hates oh, Glenn it Close. Is? Okay. Well, to go back to my point about how Kraft's kind of off the rails, like the New York Post said he was at the Oscar parties all weekend. He was oh, out was and about. Again, yeah. well, what else would you like him to do? He I mean, categorically denies violating the law. But maybe keep a low profile for yeah. a week? He's 78. What's he going to How long? A week? Stay home. A week, a week could You've be- You've got like kids and grandkids. What are you doing? I mean, he's, I think he knows he has carte blanche. I think he knows his buddy Trump will declare a national emergency oh and you know, pardon him if, if, that, if push comes to shove. He's, right? he's got the pardon on lock. Yeah. Trump, Trump pardoning Kraft. <laughs> Would, would not would not be it's a about great as moment. American as it gets. Would not be a great moment for the uh, the Patriots dynasty. Wouldn't wouldn't yeah. be awesome. Not a happy ending. Not, <laughs> Sal, uh, what are we what are we going to bet on now? What do we have? Uh, we have two more weeks before this uh, the conference tournament start in the NCAA. So that's going to be fun. Uh, you know, there's golf coming up, right? A lot of golf, a lot of great golf coming up. Absolutely. We got DJ look great. The Florida swing is underway in in two weeks and the players championship is three weeks away. There you go. So how much, how much tennis have you bet in the last two weeks? Not a lot of tennis, a lot of UFC. I bet soccer. I, I had Bournemouth. I I was pronouncing it incorrectly, apparently on lock it in, but yeah, there's there's a lot. Have you been in on this Blackhawks over thing, by the way, cuz? Isn't it like 18 and 18 one and or something? One. The first period, Blackhawks game's over. It's gone 18 and one. Crazy. Can I give you a couple of Tiger Woods bets? Yeah, go ahead. Tiger Woods will win no majors in 2019, minus 350. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods will win exactly one major, plus 300. Mm. You like that one, House? Yeah, well, you kind of like that one a tiny bit. I I, I want to bet what I want to root for. Those odds are are brutal. Three to one. <laughs> but House, think about in terms of value. How many golfers are as good as Tiger Woods right now? Like 20? 25. Yeah. Yes. 25. Yes. Those guys, all their odds are, are way worse than minus 300 to win a Exactly. So that's it's right, like right? a dummy Tiger tax. It's basically. a dummy. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. It's House, the Tiger tax. If you had to pull a, a name to win the 2019 Masters out of thin air, what name would it be? Oof. I hadn't started my research yet. Damn it. Justin Thomas. All right, he's plus twelve hundred. He does look angry when he when he screws up. Like even today. He was he was good. Nine about, under he went today. Yeah. My man John Rahm is sixteen to one. Nope, not Rom. I'm a not Romer. Fleetwood thirty five to one. That's interesting. I like your guy Fleetwood. Since That's I've interesting. been the last couple of times though. He's let me down. And Finau's thirty three to one too. Mm. No, we need, we need a little revenge for breaking his leg or breaking dislocating his he's, ankle. He's the last still time? finishing the top ten last last year after that busted ankle. How about Xander? Uh, how's he can, oh, Xander, he can get hot. So he's twenty eight to let's one. Let's keep an eye on him. Let's keep yeah, an eye on that like twenty eight to one. If he, if he gets above thirty, I'm sure that he's above thirty in some other books. Xander's interesting. What about the FedEx Cup house? Any any thoughts? It's a little early yet. Still, still early? Still, yeah. yeah. We, there's a lot of golf yet to be played. It's a it's a jam packed schedule. They get all the majors in uh, by July. 
The, ri- the Ryder Cup odds are already up in 2020. It's USA is minus 140 in Wisconsin. We'll blow that. We should bet that now. No, we're, we're going to win. win. We're, we're going to win the Ryder Cup? Yes, Said like who? Lock. It's a lock. We win in the U.S. We, we may never win again in Europe, but it's a lock that we win here here in, in Wisconsin. Steve Stricker, the Ryder Cup captain, he, he won't stand for it. Sal, I do have one baseball bet I wanted to throw at you to think about. But, 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 real quick, yeah. before, uh, you know, we do a thing on Sharp Tank. When my buddies, the Degenerate Trifecta, come on, and they give picks at the end. And it, it's it's pretty lean. These You know, it's usually an MMA, but... Well, Harry, my friend Harry had, what did he have? What's Laird's first name? Martin Laird. Martin Laird to win, to be in the top 20. Guy finished dead last. I'm like, all right, I think we might be done with, with all this was, sharp tank talk. Martin Laird has a nice track record at Riviera. It's not Harry's fault. I back him Harry up Harry tries that. on your podcast. Not not so much on mine. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, you think, we, we both gave out Martin Laird on that podcast, so I'm not sure that that's a good thing. <laughs> you think Harry gives his A game on House's podcast? I think he does. He gets lazy Fairway roll. <laughs> um, Lord have mercy. I like, uh, I'm ready. The Cy Young odds aren't out yet, but I'm ready. I read a piece about Trevor Bauer on mm. SI that was about just what a polarizing guy he is. And, uh, and the piece made me think that he's going to have his best season this year. Ooh. He could be. How many wins did he have last year? He, he got hurt. He missed like oh, six right. weeks of the season, but still like had like a borderline Cy Young case. What are the odds? But he's, he's, what are the odds? he's 25 to one for most pitching wins this year. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. I'm proud of House. House put in about 30 bets uh, with me for over-unders. Uh, I don't even know if there are this many teams, but House just I, he might have doubled up on some teams, but he really uh, he really did I put it. in at least 20, over 20 win total, Major League Baseball win total. There's bets. some concern with the in the smart Red Sox fans about the Red Sox in general. The, oh, really? The Pakoda, you know that... Uh, that that advanced metrics predictive thing. wins mm-hmm. it has the red sox for 89 wins but they're over or under in vegas is like 94, 94 and, and a half, half or 95 Correct. depending 94 where it is. and a half damn it and they have no closer and they're kind of in a staring contest with craig kimbrell but uh and then it's the classic the year after the world series and who the hell knows but uh but yeah i can't believe the free agents are out there like Kim- kimbrell's still like you know he, he might pull a levy on bell this year and obviously and still, Harper still not signed. It's very strange. Machado just signed last week. Yeah, the Harper one, I, I just thought for sure somebody at some point was just going to pounce on it for 30 to 1, right? It still mm-hmm. feels or like 10 million a year or 300 for 10, whatever. It still feels like the White, so- White Sox might step in. Don't they have to do, do something really? to get people to, to show up? Does Bryce Harper get you to show up? Like if. Did he get you to show up in D.C. the last four years? You know what? I, I will say the, the answer to that is yes. Really? Here's the interesting thing about Bryce Harper. His his stature, his brand far out see, exceeds and out, outpaces his actual on-field performance. The interesting mm-hmm. thing about, about him is if you put him, who, who are the, like, the five biggest stars in baseball? Him, uh, Mike Trout. Trout Machado, Clayton Kershaw, Kershaw. Those five guys go into a bar. Who do people recognize? Yeah, Bryce. Oh, I've heard this joke. Okay, yeah. hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I forget how it ends. I don't think. And the Irish guy had the small <laughs> dick. <laughs> oh man, that sushi's really kicking in with us. Two hundred dollars worth. Yeah, I. I don't know. He supposedly his defense slipped a little the last two years, and then you're just getting him for four at bats, and there's no sign that he could be the anchor of a of championship team. He's going to be a Philly, and that's uh, oh. bad news for me. Oh, and oh, that hurts. 
Get them out of the division. So the I Mets, ju- the Mets just said all of this out. Yeah, it's all right. We're uh, <laughs> we have the best uh, relief pitching in the game, except when it's not going to matter. <laughs> we get blown out the first six innings. It's weird because I just assume Machado, the the Padres thing, is still. Has any player ever gone to the Padres and and his career thrived? Like and gone there, like Dave Winfield started there, all these other guys. But I mean, they're two hours away, and you and I have known each other for sixteen years. We both mm-hmm. like going to baseball games and eating at baseball games, and we have never gone to Petco Park. Yeah, really weird. Uh, you know what? The only time I was there, this is gonna—I hate that I was there when the Yankees won Game Four and swept them. Oh yeah, I don't even know what I was doing there. I had nothing to do that day. Um, 96. Last question. Did uh, our agent James Baby Doll Dixon, did he love Green Book? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that he saw it. Why? No, I don't know. Did you get any Oscar picks from him? No, I didn't. I should have asked him. Did he wish yeah. anybody luck after? Actually, there was a scene where the guy, uh, where uh, <laughs> uh, Vigo Mortensen was littering, right? And he got he got yelled at for that. Oh, yeah. That was talk. Baby's favorite scene. Yeah, that's pro- that had to be his favorite scene of, all, of the whole year. <laughs> You got, should we text him about baby? They're saying the Oscars don't need a host anymore. You, Jimmy's unprotected yet again. <laughs> he really did it. Unbelievable. Oh, that's that. Fuck that. Fuck that. That's not his fault. Fuck that. Fuck those Please. people. They'll be begging us next week. You watch. <laughs> uh, all right. So we can watch you unlock it in this week, licking your Glenn close wounds. Yeah. And, uh, and then against all odds. 430 to 5.30 against the odds. We'll talk baseball. We'll talk uh, college basketball and AAF. I'll tell you this. AAF isn't that bad. Oh, you might want to bet it. Nothing. Well, actually, you, you're the same guy who had a five Oscar parlay. So maybe this is the wrong. <laughs> it's not bet. terrible. This Orlando team on the money line. That's the way to go. This really is is a, a flashing sign that you might have a gambling problem if you're yeah, watching yeah, the it, AAF. Yeah, it could be official. Didn't now. Wasn't Christian Hackenberg like starting games? He was. Not anymore, though, right? No, they took him out. He, uh, it, it, cat, uh, who's the couldn't other one? Couldn't hack uh, it? Couldn't hack it. Yeah. No, he couldn't hack it. Who's the Jet guy? Oh, I can't remember him. Geno Smith? No, no, the Jet the Penn State guy that they just... Uh, I don't know. What am I thinking? Wow, this is a ringing, ringing endorsement of the AF. <laughs> yeah, really bad. <laughs> uh, all right, South. Oh, Metzenberg, right? There's a Hackenberg. There were a lot of Bergs. <laughs> They're all at Penn State. This, this should be the AAF. Uh, Hackenberg's Penn State. Should be the commercial for the AAF. <laughs> close. Uh, <sighs> Sal, thanks for coming on. Good job, Good you job guys. Love you guys. Hey, let's take a break. Talk about SeatGeek. The way to go. As I've told you forever, for years, they pull millions of tickets in one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. Get you closer to the action for a great value that make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. They search multiple ticket sites, grade every ticket based on value. They help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Every purchase fully guaranteed. Shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I have the app on my phone. I love it. I love the color coding. I'm weird. I love going to the SeatGeek app and just looking to see like, say, I wonder what's going on at the Lakers game tonight. I wonder if people are actually like snapping up these tickets for the uh, Raptors Lakers. Um, Pretty interesting, the color coding and just what it looks like in different cities and, uh, and very valuable as well. I have bought tickets. I'm a big fan of uh, going on SeatGeek Dodger games last second, getting two extra LAFC tickets. If I'm going with my daughter and I want to bring two more people, 
Uh, be like me. My listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek pur- purchase. All I have to do is download the SeatGeek app and our promo code BS today. $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Promo code BS. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. All right. So we have a couple things we want to talk about. House is here all week in LA. We're doing a doing something really fun. We're breaking out of golf retirement tomorrow. Well, I'm you, you are, but I'm I am. so excited. Yeah. I see you with a golf Third club party. in your hands, hitting, Parth- a, hitting balls. Let's let's not let's, let's we'll just not tease say, it that yeah, far. We, we, yeah, I mean, that's as far we as we're give gonna it tease away, it. But there's gonna be some golf. Um, what was your take on everything that happened the last couple of weeks with um with the NBA? With the with the the player movement and the comments and everybody talking about player empowerment and some people arguing that it's gone too far and other people saying this is great. Um, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but now some other things have happened. Where, where are you standing right now? I think uh, big picture wise, again, I've, I've talked about it a couple of times uh, as we sort of thought about this NBA season. It's it's such this unique calendar season is so effing long it yeah. started in in like the second week of october and the the all-star break didn't come soon enough yeah i think guys like are legitimately fatigued the guy the players are fatigued and so like the, i think that the uh, explanation for kevin durant losing his patience in and it was a perfectly innocent question yeah he was surrounded by all friendly reporters and he just lost his shit for for really no uh, discernible reason, I think it's because they're just they were so tired. They're just physically tired because of the, the the length of the season. So I think to me that's like the context that we're operating in. And then this attempted power play with uh, Anthony Davis and clutch sports and and what uh, LeBron clearly had in mind in terms of a design for the Laker team that he hoped to sort of ride into the playoffs. And and now this is the interesting thing, again, with the schedule thing. It really is a sprint. From the All-Star break to the start of the playoffs, it's less than 30 games. And so if the Lakers had pulled off the Anthony Davis coup that they attempted, they were, they'd be in great shape to go ahead and make the playoffs and really be rounding into form for a terrific playoff run. God bless the New Orleans Pelicans. God bless Del Demps. I never would have thought I'd say it out dumps. loud. Well, you know what? He 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 earned all of his money working for that franchise, which by sort of design has a dysfunction on it because it's really a football franchise that that happens to have a basketball team as uh you know I, I, as an amusement uh as an amuse it's si- a side gig. It's a it's a it really it's a side it's a side plate to put it in in food terms, but like so so w- w- with uh. Uh, in in a big picture sense, I don't mind players having uh, uh, an opinion about where they they uh, want to go. I don't like the way that Anthony Davis and his representation attempted to uh, maneuver this uh, Lakers situation. The grenade. Well, I, now they just stole Draymond this weekend. Although they, everybody knew that was happening for the last year. What's that mean? They stole Draymond. Clutch took uh, Draymond Green this weekend. Oh, oh, oh he signed to Clutch. So yeah. Clutch is his representation. Signed to Clutch. He's. He's a pre-agent. He's not a free agent. Well, I think that's going to work out. I, 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 uh, you're you're the body language doctor. You've yeah. been watching this Golden State team. Do you think that they're going to miss Draymond when when he bids adieu? You know, I I was watching uh, 
a couple pre Durant Golden State games. And recently? They, yeah, recently. Just for funsies. For funsies. Yeah. And uh if they if they can somehow pull this third title, I think there's a world if you're a Golden State person where you're like, we can we won three. Actually, we won four because you also won in 2015. We had the 73 win thing, team of the decade, one of the best teams ever. And now let's just ride this Stephen Quay thing. And this is the greatest backcourt of all time, potentially. And we'll just figure out what pieces to put around them. And that'll be our team. And we're good. And if Draymond wants to leave, the question for me with Draymond is how's he going to age as a player? You know, I we're watching it. I, I it's not it's not doesn't look great. His like stats just from three years ago. Now you could say he had an aberration with the with his three point shooting, but um, I just worry like the wear and tear of that of being the undersized center all the time, lineup of death, all the playoff games that he's played, the fact that he's never going to be like a dominant offensive player. But the guy I was thinking, and it, this is they're not really alike at all, but they're a little like just for kind of the effect they had but like remember when Ben Wallace when he had that run on the uh he was in the boule for a little bit and then the magic and then he went to the pistons but he had like that five-year run where he was just you know awesome and then he he signed the big contract but then it just like he faded a little but because his game wasn't uh that complex the fading of a little was actually a lot and he just wasn't an impact guy anymore and I just wonder like Draymond at six seven what is his game in two to three to four years, especially if you're paying him 25 million a year for a guy who's averaging like nine points a game, 10 points a game, whatever. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of looked the other way. My question is, do they want Durant to come back? Interesting. Why wouldn't they want Durant to come back? I think they would, but, but are they going to be like devastated if he leaves? I guess is my question. No, no, I, I, they're built. (laughs) They're not light years ahead. But they really are. As long as you have Clay and Steph, then you have a compelling story. You're a top three franchise in the West for the foreseeable future. But you also, you have this new awesome building. You have one of the best 20 guys of all time now in Steph. You have one of the best backcourts ever. You have a really smart organization. And do you look at this and you just go, this is, we're not even happy this year. It's year three. What are we going to be like in year six? with this nucleus, like we can barely make it to the finish line of year three. Maybe this is a good chance. KD leaves. Thanks for the titles. Uh, Draymond might be leaving a year. We'll see. But maybe this is a chance to kind of reset, reinvent. Sure. That makes sense to me. Yeah. They've, they've, there's, they'll still be the team of the, the decade. Boogie can't come back there unless it's just for 120% of what he makes, which he makes like 5 million bucks this year. So he's leaving. He's leaving. A hundred percent. And then you look at the other he free agents. He might be a Los Angeles Laker. Well, they could have had him last year. He was sitting there. They should have. I think this- Who's stu- in charge of that team? I, you really have to look at that where every basically every move they made, you know, I, I my question is, who's the team of the next five years in the West? Who's your money on? Is well, it still Golden it's State? It's going to be to me. It's going to be still. I, I don't because there is a world where Durant's. I I think he's like ninety to ninety five percent. He's on the next next year. I need to know how Steph Curry's legs are. That's the only thing that, that thirty one next year. Yeah, so five years. Mm. 
So know. who's the team of the next five years in the West? It's funny, like... I'm not going to say Denver, but... We're in this position midway through the decade, right? 2013-14 range when the Spurs won their title in 14. And we knew that was kind of probably the end of that run. Duncan was playing on one leg, still doing it amazingly, but uh, Kawhi was going to be their next guy. They were going to bring Aldridge in at uh, in the 15-16 season. But it still felt like there was room for a new team, and it turned out it was Golden State. But, you know, when Sal and I bet on them to win the title in 2015, they were 30 to one odds. Like people didn't see that coming. So who's the, we didn't see that coming team. And maybe we're a year away from knowing. Well, it could be the Clippers with Kawhi. Seems like he's coming. There's still some pieces the Clippers need to assemble though. But I, you know, if I look at a organization that, that will uh, flip into an aggressive mode right away, the Clippers with Balmer certainly fit that bill. And the de- and LA as a destination, you know, that doesn't have the LeBron stink on it. I have a, I have another candidate. Okay, you're gonna laugh. I don't think Sacramento's that far away. I- I'm not laughing. I think I think watching Bagley month by month, I actually think he might have a chance to be a special player. It's so funny because I still think they made a massive mistake not taking Luca. Luca's a generational superstar. Yeah, that's true. Bagley is fucking good. He's really good. And I talked about this in the trade value last month. Like, wow, Bagley's really good. But I'm actually higher on him than I was last month when I was with, I had the jerk circle with good for him. reason because he keeps he's he's able to, he's able he's be, he's shown the capacity to to sustain it. His performance is game by game. It's like week by week he's better. But yes. I, so the Warriors they played a few days ago. He he was a problem for them. Like like a, a real like genuine problem. Like we can't keep this guy away from the rim, kind of problem. And then you throw in the Buddy Fox backcourt, and then you look at the rest of the team where they have Barnes, who they have this year, next year. Uh. They have a bogey. The, I, the closet league past Kings fans call him bogey. Okay. Um, a couple other guys, but that's a team because they have Fox on a rookie contract. They have healed. They don't have to pay yet. That's a team that could like make, do, do some maneuvering, you know, and maybe get one more guy. Yeah. You know, I'm not laughing. You know who they remind me of? They remind me of the Golden State Warriors in like 2013 that Mark Jackson team. Yeah. Or even the first year when they like beat, I think they beat Denver and then they got smoked by the Spurs. I was on TV. When they beat, when they beat uh, Dallas, when they beat Dirk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. MVP year. I think the other team that has to be taken seriously is OKC as a team of the next like four years, just because of what's happened with Paul George. But so this is the thing with, with OKC and we're going to have an opportunity to do a little bit of a deeper dive on them this week. I'm very excited about this. I'm, I'm not going to say anything more about it because I don't want to tease it further, but yeah. we're going to talk about Oklahoma City. You and I will be in each other's company. I think that we are right on the brink of the end of Russell Westbrook. Wow. I just think... He, and 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 you I mean the end of him as like an impact superstar. Yes, yeah. The, he he just can't keep up this pace. But what like, if he's your second best guy? He well, so they have to two things have to to make it. They have to change to make him viable. He needs to go eighty percent of what he's going right now, and he needs to be able to shoot a three point jump shot. He can't be the historically worst three-point shooter in the modern era 
and be uh, 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 make a meaningful contribution to the team. If he can't be a super duper dynamic, athletic uh, dervish, then he needs to be able to shoot. I can't believe you're putting me in the position of being a Russell Westbrook defender. <laughs> How dare you? I think the impact that he has overall, he is one of the all-time table guys we've ever had. And I remember writing this all decade. I think I wrote in 2012 in the finals, I wrote the the 90% column about how everybody's 90, everybody has 10% of things you wish you could change about them. And some people's 10% is more glaring than others. It was basically the conceit of the column. His 10% has always been the most glaring of just about anybody. But fuck, the dude plays so hard. And it really is infectious. Like you watch how hard OKC plays and it's coming from him and Paul George. All those other guys are trying to match what he's doing. He's averaging 11 rebounds a game this year. And I don't feel like they're like trying to get him the MVP. It it really just seems like this is their team now. I think it's opposite. I think he is dragging Paul George into the MVP. Like Paul George legitimately deserves the last six weeks of MVP buzz. He's earned it. Russell Westbrook delivered that for him. He did. I don't want to be uh, on the record here as as sounding like I'm anything other than uh, a Russell Westbrook supporter. All I'm saying about OKC just, is just him. you asked for the next five years, and yeah. my concern is Russell Westbrook in the next five years. That was you put it to me, and I gave my answer to that. I think that's a, Russell it's Westbrook a fair deserves half of the of the MVP award if Paul George wins it. Because he has elevated Paul George's play. And Paul George is playing absolutely at an MVP level right now. I'm shocked by how good he is. And this is like, we first started talking about this six weeks ago on this podcast. And then I think like three weeks ago, I I was saying that I thought he was hands down the number three choice for MVP if the season ended. I'm still not ready to put him in the Harden-Giannis conversation because I think Milwaukee has a chance to get to like 64 wins potentially, something like that. But what's shocking to me is, is Giannis a forward? I mean, I don't even know. Who cares? Can we call him a forward? What, what, is, what is he? Call, call, call him, don't just don't call him late for dinner. Call him whatever you want. I feel like he's a... Call him a, call him a chicken sandwich. I, I don't care what you call him. He's delicious. Everything about him is fantastic. Did you see him at the top of the key yesterday? With a nice stroke. He's been practicing that... that, that his that hands are so fucking knows. big. It's like it looks like he's trying to throw a golf ball into like the mailbox <laughs> it's or something. Terrific. I absolutely love Yeah. Uh, I think Paul George is the best traditional forward this season. I think he's past Durant and I think he's past Kawhi. I want to in the playoffs, I still want KD over Paul George just because I have the history of sure, his sure, resume. Sure, yeah. That's a good resume. But I was watching, I watched that Utah game Friday night. I really felt like Paul George was going to win the game for them in in regulation OT. It's he's gone to some level for just for the fans watching where you're like, oh, this guy knows he's one of the best players in the league now. So it's the potential we always thought he had. Then we had to go on on hiatus for two years because he broke his leg. You thought he was going to be this good though? We, I, I got to say, uh, I never ever thought he was going to be this good. I don't know. It's it's we the the, the problem is you you can't. Uh, early in his career, think about what his ceiling might look like because you don't know what kind of other great players he might be playing with. He wasn't playing with, you know, any, he never had a teammate like Russell Westbrook early in his career. Not Darren Collison? (laughs) 
<laughs> I want to go on record with something though in this MVP conversation. Yeah. And I want I just want to demonstrate the consistency of my logic. I am going to be very upset if James Harden wins the MVP this year. Okay. I'm going to I'm just going to I want to be out there in that for the same reason that I uh excoriated the NBA uh voting community and and declare them hoops perverts yep. for their support of Russell Westbrook. The same thing now applies as far as I'm personally concerned with Harden. He did a terrific job of dragging his franchise back into the playoff uh, uh, picture. He single-handedly did the only thing that team had available to them in terms of making them competitive this season. And I absolutely honor and respect what they did and what he personally did. But him getting 10 points inside of uh, 75 seconds so he could keep that 30-point streak going three we weeks did, ago. He did that twice. Yeah. How about that? That that That's perverted as far as I'm concerned. That's that, chase- was, that was Westbrook chasing rebounds with like 50 yeah. seconds left. I'm not down with chasing the numbers. That's, that's perverted the only behavior. Time, I think you're with me on this. The only time we support it is if somebody has a chance to score like 70 points. That's a whole or different thing. That, it's that's like, like you're having the game of your life yes. and stay in the game. Try to get all your points. This You may never be in this spot again. When you're trying to maneuver history with these stupid streaks, the other thing is these streaks that nobody knew was a streak. Right. Or it's like, oh, it's a, he has chance to only Will Chamberlain. Is it? And it's like, I didn't know this was anything until you just told me. I'm not sure this is a streak. That Well, then, you know, that's because we're in this era where, you know, there's a whole bunch of factors that contribute to higher scoring, the, the pace, the efficiency uh, of, of the game on the offensive side of the ball, the way the teams have gotten smarter. These games are like, how much money would we have won betting the over in every game this season? I'd be interested. I gotta, We got to call, call up Action Network. Get Melman on this. If you bet the over on every single NBA game this season, how much would you be up? You would be up, I assure you. Uh, now, now that dude John Ewing from the Action Network, he's gonna write a piece about this. <laughs> That's our dude. He he listens to our pod. We challenge him, and then he writes the piece. I want to know the the over is 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 up by some meaningful number this season. I guarantee it. So Harden has a chance. Let, let's assume he's going to be the second choice. I think Giannis is going to win. Harden will be second. Okay, that will give Harden a first. For MVP and three second place finishes. So that means in four different seasons, he's been one of the top two guys. That's pretty good. That's awesome. Um, it's better than pretty good. Yeah. I mean, so like Kevin Garnett, he had a first place, two second place, and a third place. Um, David Robinson, first place, two second places, two third places. Shaq, a first place, two second places, and three third places. Well, Shaq got cheated also. Yeah, Shaq, Shaq was always treated differently. Yeah. And then uh, Durant had a first and four second places. So Harden's moving up the list. Like if I was doing the pyramid again, he's in the conversation now for top four or five guards of all time. We really, really, really I need I know the him. playoff resume. I, yeah. I know. We just, really need him to have one standout, stellar, 
he's the guy and he's the he he was the difference maker in this series. We need that out of him but one this time. This is out of all the years, this is the year. I agree with the you. The Warriors are just I basically agree with you. they're begging anybody to steal this title from them. Let's look at the Rockets' odds to win the Western Conference. Okay, I'll do that I'm right kind now. Kind of interested at this stage. I'm look at that right that now. That performance you. against Golden State Saturday night caught my attention, Bill Simmons. Kenneth Fareed has found himself. He would have been on our team if we were coaching. Oh. I would have had him like two years ago. Oh my God. He, he Him, Montrez Harrell, all these. They, there's a place for these dudes in the league. If you have the right kind of team with three point shooters, like this type of guy is going to at least be somewhat effective. Well, um, and, and it's making us, you know, uh, kind of for, forget the misstep that Houston started off on this season with. They, they really missed a reason. They really missed Mabamute. They lost an identity, but boy, oh boy, this, this, you know, Chris Paul is back. Chris Paul looked good, by the way, Saturday night, I thought. Did I don't you, trust it. You don't think it? Well, he's just got to stay healthy. So he's got to basically stay like this now for four months. No, you know what? No, not necessarily. He, he, they know with him. So get one more dumb injury out of the way, like in the next, next or, six weeks. Or just rest. Rest. Let's rest him. Let's, let's like, let's be deliberate with him. I, I will say this, and then we're going to take a quick break. Um, the the complete, abject, unadulterated lack of fear from these teams that are playing the Warriors now really jumps out to me week after week. That anybody who's playing them really thinks they're going to beat them. They're not afraid. They don't care about your lineup of death. They're not intimidated by Durant and Curry and Clay, And they're used to playing that style now because... 90% of the league plays that way and they see it night after night after night. It's not like different or special anymore. It's not like, uh, you know, like the 99 Rams when they were doing what they were doing that year and everybody's like, what the fuck is this? And it, it's people just, they just rolled through the regular season. People just hadn't seen it in that form. And then people eventually got used to it and they figured out how to play them. And with the Warriors, I, it just it's a really bad sign for them. Cause I will say this, in the Bulls three peat, even when the Bulls were tired and Pippen missed the first two and a half months of that third season of the second three peat, they still had the MJ fear factor. And yep. it was still like he was still your dad who might come down with the belt and beat the shit out of you if you if you made him mad. The Warriors aren't like that. They, well, they've never been like that. They've, they they had they weren't, but from they, a talent wise, they were so overwhelming that that's yes, what they they would just they it would be a barrage. It would be a belt barrage, right? Uh, but they, they it's just not the same. It's I agree with I you. I think the Shaq Kobe Lakers, when you think about like oh one what they did in the playoffs, there was a real fear factor by the end of that. And the only team that really kind of kicked them in the mouth was that Kings team in oh two. They yeah. were like, "Fuck you guys, we're as good as you." And the Lakers are like, whoa, it was like the uh, the old Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan until they get hit. Um, this Warriors team, nobody's afraid of them. Houston's definitely not. Oklahoma City is definitely not. And I think Denver, well, Denver might be a bad matchup for them. Denver, Oklahoma I don't think City Denver... is actually so not afraid of them that it actually might be a disadvantage for them. <laughs> they're going to be cocky. Yeah, I, I really think they're going to go into that series being like, we are tougher than these dudes. We're bigger. We've had a lot of success over the years. We match up really well with them, and we're going to beat these guys. And we're they the, actually might be too confident. Are we at the 60-game mark now? We're getting Let's there. Let's just start the playoffs next week. Let's, what, 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 what's the point of jerking off? LeBron's going to miss the playoffs. Let's just go ahead and call it now. Mm, let's talk, we're going to talk about the Lakers in a second. Let's take a break. 
We're going to take a break to talk about Roman. Erectile dysfunction is more common than you think. 52% of men will experience erectile dysfunction at some point in their life. Even worse, about 70% of those guys don't talk to a doctor. Well, it's time to take care of it with Roman erectile dysfunction. It's like a check engine light for your body. Often the first sign of something more serious going on. Roman, it's a one-stop shop. Treat ED from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Handle everything online, diagnosis, prescriptions, shipping. Get started. Super easy. Go to GetRoman.com slash Bill. Complete a brief online visit. Once your doctor ensures that treatment will be safe and effective for you, they can prescribe FDA-approved medication to be delivered in discreet packaging to your door with free two-day shipping. So talk to a doctor. ED can be tough to tackle, but it's important to get checked out. Roman makes it easy to take care of it. Today, Roman is giving the BS Podcast listeners a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Bill. So this caught my eye. Talk to me. Lakers' next head coach odds are out. Oh, tough so times. disrespectful. Tough times for Luke Walton. Vegas, so disrespectful. Oof. Tyron Lue is your favorite at three to one. How can that be? Luke Walton is plus 350 to come back. This is the first game of the 2019-20 season. And now who will the Lakers coach be? Is that the, it is would that be, the Who will be the Lakers head coach for game one of next season? Okay. Mark Jackson, four to one. I don't think he works again. Jay Kidd, four to one. Brian Shaw, 10 to one. I know you like that pick. Jay Wright, 15 to one. Jawan Howard, 15 to one. Then it just gets stupid. Some of the ads. Doc Rivers is 25 to one. Um, you like Brian Shaw. Make the case. I like Brian Shaw because Jalen Rose uh, has been talking about Brian Shaw since LeBron joined the Lakers. He's made the point multiple times that when LeBron comes off the court, who he goes to speak with on the coaching staff is Brian Shaw. Oh, that's the old Ty Lue. That's what he used to do with Ty Lue. Uh, Jaylen, He's batting his eyelashes at the bar at, at Brian Shaw. Your buddy Jalen made that same point, and uh, Jalen tends to know things. He, he gets these kinds of things right. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, look, when, when they miss the playoffs, Luke Walton is not going to be the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers going into next season. He will lose his job as a result of that. Through no fault of his own, honestly. I'm not the first person to make this point i'm not gonna be the last nobody ever blames the front office <laughs> it's, it's, rob palinka should lose his job can you do worse than this you could well, you could you well have, the, the answer is yes you, you could. traded d'angelo russell to get rid of mozgov's contract to create cap space to just sign a bunch of jackoffs well how about this they could have had boogie cousins they could have brooke lopez they could have had brooke lopez they could have had lots of people. <laughs> they were supposed to have Paul George and LeBron, and they whiffed on Paul George. They could, they whether it got blocked or whatever. Um, it's just funny that they'll change the coach, and um, Rob Poinko will probably get five years. I'm going to read you this quote. So let me take you back to 2013, House. Okay, the that's finals. a long time ago. Yeah, finals uh, before Game Four, of the finals, Heat Spurs. The Nets hired Jason Kidd. To be their new head coach. Um, here's what LeBron James had to say about it. I think it's amazing, honestly. JK is unbelievable. One of the best teammates I ever played with. On the 08 Olympic team, he was one of the best friends I would have on and off the floor. He's a student of the game. His basketball IQ is crazy. And I think it's going to make an easy transition for him to be a coach. It's a great thing for him. Um, 
And then he said, uh, you play the game and you're smart. I think it makes transition much easier. Blah, blah, blah. Just said a bunch of nice things about Jason Kidd. So apparently they were very tight on the OA team. I did some research. And there's some buzz. Last week I told people there was some buzz about James Dolan, which I stand by. <laughs> on FYI. the ESPN ticker. Yeah. I'm sitting on my couch Tuesday night. Bill Simmons podcast. I, oh, I wasn't on that one. Son of a bitch. Yeah, you know what's funny? That was great. MSG denied it the next morning, and then people are like, well, they denied it. It's like, of course they fucking denied it. They're going to deny it, so they're selling it. All I said was that he was courting offers and that in rich guy circles, people are putting together bids for the team, and that's a fucking fact. I stand by it. He stands that is by happening. It. Put that I don't on know the what ticker. You. I don't make shit up on the podcast. Take that for data. The feelers are out. He's made it clear that if somebody hits his price, he would... Really consider selling the Knicks. What was the price? Two and a half? No. More? I mean, he wants five. The thing is, you can't. He you, did this ESPN magazine piece where he threw the five out. That was like, that was like somebody saying, with the building? Some girl in college that you're in love with who's like, yeah, I mean, I might break up with my boyfriend. We'll see. Like, Ooh. just kind of throwing it out there. I dated a girl like that. Well, let's Didn't not talk well. about her. Um, <laughs> I think, I think four would do it though. Form. But anyway, we're not with the building though, right? In rich guy circles, people are putting together bids. Sure, it's happening. Sure. Why they not? think he wants to sell the team. So that's what I reported. I didn't say he was going to sell the team. I never used the words James Dolan is selling the Knicks. Just said he's he's courting offers for it. He's courting the idea of it. He's he's basically putting a big come knock my socks off. And people are out there in rich guy circles. And they're sniffing around and they're trying to put together like big ass bids for him. So there you go. I stand by what I said. I'm excited for F it. F you, MSG. I'm excited for it. Um, J Kidd, speaking of. <laughs> oh, so J Kidd is the guy. <laughs> yeah. You're hearing things. There are rumors out there. Nah, there's rumor. I don't, I don't feel as good about that, but there, there's definitely been a pretty persistent J Kidd rumor out there. What is the and best the only case reason... for J Kidd as, as a head coach? Well, What's I thought, the case? I thought it was absurd because yeah, it really okay. seemed like he ran his course with Milwaukee. But um, <laughs> is that, is that, That's your professional opinion. <laughs> but when the J Kidd gossip started, that's what led me to research. I was like, are these guys friends? And that's when I found they had all this history together. Um, I don't know what they do. But I, I will tell you this, from day one, it seems like they've never, they, you know, Luke Walton was hired before the Magic Plinka combo. Sure. So that's never good. When you're in charge, you you want to have your, yeah, your dude. Your dude. That's fine. You want to have your people in place. Um, I'm not ready to have the, what's the best finals bet conversation? Because I want to, I want to watch a couple more weeks of games. I, I think the Celtics are a cross off though. Wow. Yeah. Just like that. You didn't I like just, that just, Bulls lost last night? I think the chemistry is is kind of insurmountable at this point. Well like that that Kyrie like was the three interviews ago he had kind yeah. of killed it. Who who told him he was in charge, he by just, the way? Just stop talking. What happened? Stop talking. What happened? He that this is the curious thing about the uh, empowerment of, of the players and you know them with choosing their direction. On the one hand, from like a basic, you know, uh, I, I support the idea of, um, you know, guys having a say in in what they do for a living, you know, where they go of work and stuff. I, we all do. That, that proposition and, and, you know, 
the the sports leagues have been historically grossly unfair in that respect forever. Uh, so you know, in that re- in that way, I, I, I there's an interesting uh, element to it. But Kyrie walked away from LeBron James, walked away from another chance to go to the finals. Said, "I want to go to Boston." Doubled down, said, "I'm going to sign with Boston." And in the space of six months, has it's, not, I, it's been it's been like four. Okay, the self appointed like three and a half. The self appointed anyway. leader, the self appointed spokesman for the team. Hey, Kyrie, there's a guy on the team who who legitimately um should and could be the leader of that team. Al Horford, yes, of course. Who's actually an pre- awesome teammate? Yeah. Preceded your your arrival there. And, and went through just a normal kind of free agency process, didn't force his way out of a situation, and, you know, took the team pretty damn far. I wasn't concerned until the two games before the All-Star break when he didn't play, and they played like if they didn't win the game, um, they were, they were all going to be blown up in the locker room or something. Like they, they the urgency that they had. This FU urgency in those two games really was alarming. Well, the Sixers game was especially impressive. Hey, this is one of the weirdest situations I've been in as a fan. They've had like nine or ten like truly terrible losses this year. Like fourth quarter collapses or like the Bulls lost this weekend. The Bulls are like intentionally trying to lose. They're they're trying to tank. And uh it's just weird. So that's that's situation is strange. And I Milwaukee, like what Miritich gave them in the game uh, against Celtics on Thursday night. There's a couple stretches during the game when he came in, and it just when you have a just one more guy in the rotation has been there. It's not even about like whether he plays crunch time or not, but to be able to get 20 minutes out of somebody who's just good, who's been in situations, who's made big shots. I just like their team. It was so impressive. And Brogdon has been really, really, really impressive. Well, I, I got to say, he's better than I thought he was ever going to be. He he's. Uh, a guy that has been greatly enriched by yeah. uh, the situation. I mean, the situation around him got so great all at once, and he's been up to the task. The thing that I, w- I was so impressed by with Milwaukee, having had Miritich for all of five games, maybe, yeah. if, if that many, they're already hunting him. Like, yeah. all the other four guys, wherever they are on the court, they're, they're like, where's Miritich? Yeah. We're going to get the ball to that dude because we're going to get him off because we know if he hits two... He might hit ten, and that's our pathway to 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 winning these games going away. Giannis is Shaq to me. Oh, let me hear it. Well, it's we always talked about who is Giannis. What's his comparison? Who's he like? There's really no answer for it. But I think he's like young Shaq. Like if he's within six seven feet of the rim, he's dunking. You're not stopping it. He's dunking with either hand. He's dunking off balance. I mean, it's it's our boy uh, Kirk Goldsberry's favorite stats. Yeah, yeah, favorite stat. On the, you know, the All Star game made me think of it. Watching him, just like it, just felt like he could add fifty dunks in the game, and just how he's around the rim all the time. But then, also like in fast breaks, the fear that he causes in transition, which is reminiscent of like young LeBron and just a couple guys we've had over the years. Um, somebody else, I forget who was saying to me, uh, the Wilt comparisons. Oh, Noah, who works for the ringer was talking cause he, he worked on, uh, Dan Clores, uh, basketball love story. Oh, cool. So saw a lot of Wilt footage and was saying how Giannis and Wilt 
watching Wilt in the 60s just destroying these six foot eight white guys, but like how he was just around the rim so easily, just constantly, um, that he was like that too. And I, I think we just have to start thinking of Giannis like he's a, like a legitimate center now. That's he's fine. He's not a forward. Yeah, I, uh, that's fine. I, I'll, I'll go along with that. He's overpowering like the great centers that we've had in the history of the league, whether it's like Young Shaq, David Robinson, if he Young wanted Hakeem. To, if he wanted to, he could have a shooting percentage of like 65 to 73%. Right. You know, if that's what he wanted to do. If, right. he, if he wanted to get all of his 28 points a game around the rim, he could shoot 65%. I think that team is going to be near impossible to beat in the playoffs if they can get home court for the for the first three rounds. So it's them in Toronto. I mean, they're they're the because you know, this is the sprint to the end. The other thing with Giannis, and this goes back to the Shaq Wilt thing, he's so hard to officiate because of how he's always around the rim with bodies around him, getting hit and and reaching over people, and you're just getting those calls at home. And uh, this is a guy who probably in the playoffs is going to be like 16 free throws a game at home. I do have a question for you. Speaking of Toronto, are we disrespecting Kawhi this season? Not putting him in the in the MVP conversation. Is it disrespectful? I don't feel like it, but I do think the door is open for him to have a run. I think the thing with MVP is you need to have like the four, five, six week run where you kind of knock people's socks off, and then you start that you jumpstart the conversation about yourself. And he really hasn't had that. Yeah, but they if he carries them to the best record in the NBA, which is very much available. It is available. I mean. You know, over these next uh, 20, 22 games. It's available. I don't, I think Milwaukee's going to get it though. Milwaukee's 45 and 14. The Raptors are 44 and 17. Milwaukee's 20 and, 25 and 5 at home. Milwaukee's also 29 on the road, which I think. That's a good record. To get 30 wins on the road is is special. Yeah. But uh, Milwaukee's 117 a game and they're giving up 107. They're. They're uh they're plus nine point seven point differential, which like when you get into the tens, yeah, you're on a rarefied list. Um, the Warriors are only at six point eight, so they're and you know now they have this stretch where they're just going to be playing a bunch of shit teams too. We have uh two more topics. We had to talk about Zion. We had to talk about Kraft. We have to have the real Kraft conversation. Um, <laughs> we do. Yeah, we I'm do. So I, happy. We, we can't. We have to edit the the the, the Sal what? conversation. That's We're a edit serious that? thing. Uh, <laughs> hold on, before we talk about this, let's talk about Simply Safe really quick. Nothing's better than going to a game with the family, but once you're settled in your seats, thoughts of home can get distracting. Did I lock the front door? Did I shut that window? Did I shut that back door? Well, you never have to worry about break-ins if you have Simply Safe home security. Everything you need to stop fear at the front door. Your home is protected 24-7. Security experts on standby to send the authorities in an emergency. Plus, Simply Safe will keep working if the power goes out, if the Wi-Fi goes down, if a burglar smashes your keyboard. They're ready for everything. You know your home is secure always. And guess what? I'm not the only guy who thinks it's smart. Simply Safe is the top choice security system for CNET, PC Mag, and more than 3 million people. So try Simply Safe. See how good it feels to fear less. Go to simplysafe.com slash BS to learn more. That is Simply Safe with two eyes. Simplysafe.com slash BS. The Zion, I, I thought, did you watch that game that night? I did. Of course I did. As Carolina Duke with the most interesting college player since Kevin Durant. Yes, I watched that game. 
I made the mistake of going on social media, much to my chagrin. Uh oh. And it turned into an immediate referendum on whether college basketball players should get paid. Oh. Well, they should, but what was the... Well, well it was just like it immediately, it, it turns into this whole thing because we have to have the most hysterical reactions at all times. And my reaction was just like, I was just bummed because I was so fired up for the game. Right. I knew people that were there. Yeah. And they were like, it was devastating. Sure, of course. It was like, this was like Zion's birthday party and Zion showed up and there was 200 people there and there was like a guy with a Batman costume and a guy with a Superman costume and there's a what big is, bouncy castle. There was, the gimp wasn't there. And the gimp was there. No. It's going to be a huge no. cake and people, people going to eating fire torches. Yes. And, and right as everybody showed up, like he fell and hit his head and had to be taken to the hospital. And that was the end of the birthday party. That's what it was like. <laughs> it really was like that. And, and uh, I feel like that got lost a little bit that, it was just so devastating that this was kind of like his his basketball bar mitzvah. It really was. And it just got cruelly taken away from I us. I know, I know. We were so cheating. So I, I don't know why we didn't gravitate that way. And then the other thing is, and this might just be a younger person thing where it's always about do what's best for you, do what's best for you. I, I'm, I'm old school and I'm an old fart and so are you. I still feel like there's something that matters about like the relationships you have with teammates and guys that even if they're going to be in your life for one year, they're still, they're still, these are relationships you're going to have 50 years from now. Yeah. And it's the shared experience. And people, of it. and people are making the case like Zion should be out of there. He should, he's, he's proven when he's, he's gotten what he needs from Duke. He should go. And it's like, well, that all sounds great. But Zion from everything we know is an awesome competitor, um, loves basketball and is really, really close with these guys. And now you're asking them to just be like, hey, fuck you guys. I'll see you later. Good luck in the tournament. Like, Well, I don't think anybody's asking him. It's a perfectly, it would be a perfectly rational decision for him to never play college basketball again. He's, he's, it doesn't. I agree, but I also agree it would be, it would be perfectly rational for him to say, you know what? These are my dudes. I'm I, not, that's we, right. I want to win a title with these guys. People can talk about, oh, we're, First of all, there, there's really no injury he could have in a college game other than like the, uh, the what was the, the Baron Davis when his knee exploded? Oh, Sean Livingston? Yeah, the or the Sean Livingston one that like, I, I you'd not, have to have an injury like that to, to really, catastrophic yeah, yeah, knock it on injury. Yeah, no, but I I'm mean, saying like the odds are like yeah, I, infinitesimal. I, I, no, and, and, and you imagine uh, even preceding this injury, he has some kind of sizable insurance policy in place you, you you hope you have to figure you know somewhere over the course of this season you know his his uh the folks surrounding him and it seems like he has a pretty great support network recognize what you know his potential and there's some kind of insurance uh policy in place to offset any kind of catastrophic thing god forbid uh that might occur i will tell you as a kid at that age and i'm like you I just would want to play ball with my friends. Yes. I just want to ball with my buddies. That is my point. Like college is the very best, most fun. If I could go to college tomorrow and know that I had three or four more years of it, I would I would go in a heartbeat. I'd but, figure out a way for my wife, and my kid to be, you know, somewhere on campus. But God bless. I want to go back to college and be with my friends because it's the, the most fun thing. This is the funniest thing in this argument to me. He's been playing basketball his whole life. He's been in games constantly. He's had all kinds of teammates. He's probably been playing AAU since he was like 11. 
if so you're like, ah, he he shouldn't play anymore. He should just be working on getting ready for the draft. I have a newsflash for you. He's still going to be playing in basketball games. There'll be pickup games, well, but, but that's you different. can still get hurt in those. Yes, but the risk proposition is different. Like what, play, why? Because it's a you're whole You're still playing basketball. You're still landing not, on the feet totally, and ankles. You know this. No, it's, I don't. It's a difference between Well, look. It's a difference that I'm going to put it in terms that are relatable for you and I. It's a difference between playing three on three in the field house and going up and playing our intramural games against the football team. There's a different level of intensity. There's a different level. There's a different skill set. Like it's a whole different thing. I know playing North Carolina on national television when Barack Obama is sitting in the second row, mother effer. It's a different <laughs> thing. Sure. It's a different risk it's still basketball. And I still think he's playing. From what we've seen of this dude, I don't think he has gears. Well, he. I think if he's playing intramurals in the freaking Duke Fieldhouse, he is playing full speed. He's not like, <laughs> oh, here's my so half speed to, game. We're playing to eleven, and Zion gets eleven in four minutes. Zion's, Next, Zion's Next. trying. Yeah, Zion's trying in any game he's in. All right. So basically, what you're telling me, if you're telling me that he shouldn't play basketball for Duke anymore, is that he shouldn't do anything until he gets drafted. That may be fine. Just work out. When I don't think the dude's wired that way. I Me think he either. loves basketball. I think he's gonna be either. playing basketball regardless. Need both. Both. Both are, are are right. Both. Both are the right answer. As long as he has insurance in place, now, he, meaningful insurance. Both. Both things can be the right answer. If he's ninety percent healthy, don't play. If he's ninety-two percent healthy, don't play. I agree with that. But too. if he's healthy a week from now, and the doctor's like, your knee's one hundred percent healthy, and he has five different opinions and all that then well, I fucking just, play he's gonna who, play anyway who cares about the opinions it's his confidence if he's if he's playing if he's practicing with his dudes and he's like oh i feel good then go play play if you want to play if you want to play play and by the way here's the thing that i think is compelling the net the nation's attention turns to college basketball in two weeks right now and 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 everybody will be watching and and it's it's just a great moment there it's an unparalleled marketing opportunity if you want to yeah, think about his brand his and everything else. Uh, absolutely. And the other thing is, this is the, and then I'll let this go. I do think there's there's some worthwhile benefits to playing in big stages and testing yourself in the For biggest sure. possible games against defenses. Just like if you're talking about little stepping stones of your career, like Luka Doncic last year. I'm so glad you use him as the example. Played 90 games in That's Europe. Right. That's right. Went through the went through the tournament, won a tournament. Now playing you could have said men, by the way. Yeah, playing against dudes who could like undercut him or whatever. And at some point, you know, he could have been in a situation where it would have been like, oh, I'm going to be a top five pick in the NBA. I'm just, hey guys, I'm done. I'm going to leave. Like, guess what? The thing we love about that dude is he's competitive. He's like, I want to win a title. Um. So anyway, I just think like it's it's really weird that the way people talk about sports now that it's a totally logical situation that Zion should just like quit on his friends well that i don't i like don't if, now if he says i don't treat it as quitting on his friends he got injured he got hurt that's that's I'm not saying that's not he, quitting if he comes back or or if he's 100% healthy and he could come back in a week and they're like there's no risk your knee's stable you can come back in a week and he's just like i'm out now i've already proven what i've needed to prove I don't think he's wired that way, and I don't think he, he's going to do he that. He may not be, but I, that would be fine with me if that's what he chose to do. I wouldn't have any problem with that. 
But you I, see I the other side. Of course I do. I just articulated it. I, I agree with you. I would want to play. But people I are think making he wants it, to play. People are making it seem like he'd be fucking crazy to play. And that's what I don't get. It's like everybody's decision. If he, he wants would, to play with his friends, then he should do that. It would only be crazy if he didn't have sufficient insurance in place. He should have a $50 million insurance policy without, you know, without hesitation or reservation. I hope it's that big. Now, this would be great. If he said, I'm going to play again, but I'm not wearing those fucking Nikes again. I'm signing with Adidas when I'm in, co- when I'm in the pros. Well, and I'm going to be wearing Adidas in this game, coach. Again. So shot. you can eat. So does this mean I can't play? I'm not wearing those again. I, my, they exploded on my foot and I almost broke, I almost broke my knee. Well, th- this is the thing, right? Who's more incented? And I'll give shots. I got to give my boy Jacoby some props on this. Who's more incented to give him a, a big, gigantic, unprecedented uh, shoe deal than Nike. Who is the price of his shoe deal went from a hundred million to three hundred million because he needs to show up on whatever team he plays his first professional game with wearing Nike. And here's the other thing, and then I, then this is my last point because I'm just really tired of hearing dumb lazy analysis from people. He's not getting the three hundred million dollar Nike contract if he doesn't play this year in college. I think college sports is reprehensible. I think it's fucking stupid. I think it's crazy that somebody could go to school for seven months and then leave in March and then say that they went to Duke. It's it's ridiculous. He's going to be there for a semester and a half. He's using them for basketball. He's using the spotlight that they have. And he's parlaying that into an awesome, awesome, awesome financial windfall that's coming to him when he signs probably the biggest shoe contract anyone's ever signed coming out of college. None of this happens if he doesn't go to college. So when people do this, oh my God, what do these guys get? They don't even get paid. It's like, he's actually going to get like a $300 million contract out of this. So you can use the example for 90% of the college dudes, but at least for him, I would say going to Duke was a really smart business decision and he's getting everything you would ever want out of it, even if he's not getting paid this year. Yeah. With that said, I hate college. <laughs> I mean, he, he's a he's a generational talent, so it's tough to 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 you know derive any. People kind are making of a, it seem like he's you know eating spam. What's that mean? And dr- and drinking toilet water because oh, he's uh, so poor, and it's like the dude's going to be fine. Don't worry. He, he will Don't be worry. Fine. Zion's going to have a huge house next year. It doesn't change and the he's, underlying. He's, he's five generations nature. of his family are going to be set. He's. I fine. will say basketball is different in that respect where. It's not like the grossly unfair football system where that kid from Clemson should be the number one draft pick. In football the, in the NFL is a draft. whole other argument. That's a fucking disaster. Football. It's reprehensible. These dudes it's, it's that fucking that immoral. They don't play in the bowl games. I fully support. That. Oh, I, I swear to God, I, I would love for for like all 20 of the best guys on a team. It's like, what up the bowl game? What's that yeah. for? Yeah, What's the point of take this? Take your bowl game and stick it. Re- yeah. Right up your a-hole. Exactly. But the uh, basketball, though, these dudes, here's the thing. They're playing constantly 52 weeks a year since they're like age 12. And they're going to keep playing, whether they're playing for Duke or whatever. Now, you could argue, yeah, North Carolina is bigger. Maybe there's a slight chance of injury. But I would say there's more of a chance of injury playing in these dumb, stupid intramural games that he'd probably play in at Duke, where he's going against like the left guard of the football team. Uh, it's it, it's ridiculous. But the, the basketball does have kind of an eight eight month window of great television exposure for like 15 programs. So if you're a guy with pro ambition that wants that, it's pretty unparalleled exposure. Like 
Think about all the skepticism that Luka Doncic faced coming into the league. And and the funny meme that the smart basketball folks were using was, well, I never saw him against Missouri in February. I never saw Luka matched up against, you know, this college team. So stupid. Prove it to me. You know, that was was funny. What he did was more impressive than any of this college stuff. For sure. But we we didn't know. We didn't. All we knew of his game was what YouTube offered up to us. Like, this is the thing that d- I differentiates. I watched some NBA TV, Luca. Well, sure, sure. But I'm, what I'm saying though is, it's not on. It's not Big Monday. It's not Super no, no, Tuesday. No, it's not the Saturday night primetime. It's not you know, uh, the ACC Big Ten matchup. It's not like your your tried and true television vehicle where all those By opportunities. The way, are, are we sure these college basketball games are that grueling? <laughs> they're 40 minutes and there's 40 fucking timeouts. They well, play for three and a half minutes and not they stop. to mention, God, I, this is it's it's the most broken system I've ever seen in my and life. The fouls are still are the oh worst. The referees are so bad in college basketball. It's just there's a million fouls and it stops every four minutes. It's just unwatchable. Oh my god, I'm having fun. Up oh, timeout <laughs> or foul. Um, the Luca thing. I thought it was funny when he said just come to Europe over playing in college. That was terrific. By the way, he's right. Uh, how about You this? want to make money right away? Go to fucking Europe. Some Don't go enter- to Duke. Some enterprising cable operator is going to put that league on television, on American, you know, it's going to be available on a, on a platform that that's like more widely uh, known you know at a reasonable price. And, you know. it's It should be called the G League. <laughs> well, look. I mean, this is like it, it's insane to me that the NBA owners who have made so much money on their values of their teams have not figured out that all they have to do is put twenty million a person into the G League and really make a real official. This is awesome. Let's get kids right out of high school. And now instead of Zion being on Duke, he's on freaking El Paso or whatever. But he's there for a year and he belongs to a team and or whatever. Um, I just think that's a smart business decision. Everybody needs content. As we saw by Sal mentioning, have you seen, have you seen the AAF? People want content. It would be fun to bet on the G league. I would bet on the G league. Um, Bob Kraft really quick. Okay. How much of that cousin Sal conversation are we going to keep? We're we're doing it over again. Oh no. Yeah. We do it over again. The whole thing. Yeah. There was a couple moments we can keep. What do you think, Kyle? Kyle, we could keep... Just let me slice it up, but we can keep both. That'd be cool. Yeah, we could keep both. We give folks something All to right, compare Kyle's to. Kyle's going to slice it up. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Um, he's a 78-year-old man who's lost his way. This is the point you made in the conversation yeah, with Sal. I just want to... The man's lost his way. I've been watching The Sopranos, and I just finished it. I oh. banged out 86 seasons. I like this. I, like I don't where feel you're like going. this is an Uncle Junior situation. You do, but you I do or don't? I don't. Oh. But. Why not? I do think part of The Sopranos is about, especially when you're binge watching it, and it is an incredible binge watch. I highly recommend not only binge watching it, but reading Seppenwall's book as like a little guide oh. as you go. He's wow. got like these little four-page chapters about each episode. And you watch it, and then it's almost like the cliff notes for stuff you either kind of half thought about or fully thought about or whatever. Um, but a lot of The Sopranos is about mortality and like what is, what's the purpose of things? And, you know, 
you put all your time into doing this for 30 years and then you look around and you either get whacked or you get thrown in jail or you get cancer or this person turns on you or in Tony's case, like you're doing everything for your family and then you end up with like Fredo as your son and nothing, you can't, you just can't figure out one possible good thing to pull out of this kid's life. And it's like, well, why did I do all this for? And then every person I have around me has been either whacked or has gone crazy or has stabbed them in the back. <clears throat> My point is, it may, it's just the craft thing in The Sopranos, the mortality of it, I think there was some some mutual symbolism in that. Well, when I think you're- You're hitting you're, your late 70s and you're just like, you're looking at the finish line and some people just go off the rails. And I think he's gone off the rails a little bit. You you uh, you dismissed the junior comparison, but I think you, it was too too quick. Well, Junior had like dementia. And yeah, yeah. All that well, stuff. but but uh, underneath of that, and early in the development of the show, the tension there is: at what point is it time for the leader to, you know, to to, to really be properly retired? You know what I mean? Right. Like he, he he goes from titular leader, he gets to show up and shake hands and still be the face of the franchise, in a way. To be like, okay, you have to now recede. So, look, these are allegations. Who knows? They might get dropped. It might be, who the hell knows? This is why we have a criminal system. But um, I think what's worrisome about it is that it wasn't shocking. Because... It was eyebrow raising. It was eyebrow raising, but it wasn't like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Because this is somebody that had been acting kind of erratically. And... and uh, it's just a bummer. This is somebody that has been in the life of Patriots fans for yeah, it's a bummer you know, for you. Twenty five years and saved the team and has so, been a good owner for the most part. Been, and it's just weird to have this person who's been just like seven hundred and ninety three terrific jokes the last three days. Right? <laughs> it's been pretty great for me. <laughs> and I see it. I could see it all of it. Um, but yeah, I hope. Uh, I hope, regardless, I hope. I hope that this is kind of a a come to Jesus moment for everybody involved where like, maybe we need to uh, rethink some things. Sure. Sure. Great life. He's led 78 years. Terrific. What do you want to happen, Kyle? I want it to go away. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I want to keep uh, uh, all right. House, you have house of carbs. Yeah, this week we're going to do, uh, we have food news. We have Danny Chow coming on talking about the best thing he ate this week. I'm going to have a couple unbelievable meals. I'm here in Los Angeles, California with you, so I'll have a couple yeah. things to talk about. Special guest host for that episode, our own beloved Adam Rappaport is also here in Los Angeles. He's going to sit in with us and be our special guest host Excellent. for the food news and the best thing I ate this week. Next week, another edition of Fairway Rolling. We're going to be talking about Bay Hill in the oh. run-up to the uh, players championship down in Jacksonville, which I feel is like there's not a lot of, mo not a lot of momentum yet for the golf season, but it's about to happen. It's really gotten rolling. I mean, it really starts with the event here in Los Angeles at Riviera. Yeah. That's really the official where all the guys come out. And then they had this event in Mexico that just concluded where it's 75 of the best players in the world. So, and the leaderboard's spectacular, like all these great European players. It's all, all, all your old friends all coming together. It starts to feel like, there could be a major just around the corner, and by golly, we're six weeks out from the Masters, a tradition unlike any other. 
It's calling me again, House. Yeah. It's calling Kyle. Waffle House is calling. Cause the navigation system in Kyle's car is calling him. No. <laughs> Kyle. Uh, <laughs> Hello, Kyle. Kyle. Uh, uh, all right, House. Thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for coming on. I'm glad we caught up on a whole bunch of things. We covered um, a lot of territory. We have Rosillo and I are coming. We we have a pod on Tuesday. The rewatchables is going to be Wednesday this week. We're doing Reality Bites, and then one more podcast for me on Thursday, and then I'm going to be in Boston end of the week interviewing Adam Silver. For at the Sloan Conference, Boom. and we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff. Actually, player empowerment. Um, why isn't why don't they have a supersized G League? I'm going to be asking him a lot of these questions, and uh, and we'll see how he answers them. He'll filibuster me a little bit. I know, he, I know he, his game. He's a professional. I've interviewed him before. Just get the schedule tightened up a little too, too a little bit. This it's taking too. This season's too long. Can't so, be mid October to to July. Well, the ratings are down, which. Not sure what that means because it feels like the interest is as high as it's ever been in the league, but the ratings are down. Just the ratings the are down like ten percent. It'll be good playoffs, so maybe they do need less games. All right, thanks, us. All right, thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com/slash/bs. Thanks to SeatGeek. Don't forget about promo code BS for ten dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. Thanks to Roman. Don't forget about GetRoman.com/slash/bill for a free visit and free two-day shipping to get started. Thanks to Simply Safe. Don't forget about simplysafe.com slash BS. Actually, they have everything you need to stop fear at the front door, including 24 7 protection with security experts on standby to send the authorities in an emergency. Simply Safe keeps working. If the power goes out, if the Wi Fi goes down, if a burglar smashes your keypad so you know your home is secure, always try Simply Safe. See how good it feels to fear less. Go to simplysafe.com slash BS to learn more. Simply Safe with two eyes. SimplySafe.com slash BS. We'll be back with Rosillo in about 36 to 48 hours. Until then. <laughs>